Welcome to A Better HR Business, the podcast that looks at how HR consultants and HR tech firms grow their businesses and how they help their employers to get the best out of their people. Remember, for show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Okay, let's get started. Hello, thanks for joining me. Nice to have you along again. I'm really looking forward to today's conversation with Scott Masley. Scott is the CHRO at Thread, so threadhcm.com. Scott joined Thread back in 2019 to develop and manage their HR consulting services, but he's got 25 years of hands-on consulting, HR work, and leading HR teams with clients around multiple industries. So a great backstory. Scott, thank you very much for joining me today. Yeah, great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. And uh, whereabouts are you based? I am in Alpharetta, Georgia. Oh, lovely, lovely part of the world. Yeah. Good stuff. I want to ask you about Thread, but firstly, could we start with you, your background? And I know you've actually got a bit of an HR consulting background yourself. So can you just give us an overview? Sure. Yeah, I started, uh, basically, I was a terrible window salesman. So someone told me I should get into (laughs) HR. That's how it happened for me. I know most HR people don't plan on a career in HR. They just get volunteered one day. And that's exactly <laughs> what happened to me. So uh, I ended up being in HR for a, a, one of the top 100 companies in Atlanta. And the company grew pretty rapidly. And during that process, when I was the corporate HR guy, um, I, I had won some awards and been in some magazines and things for having the best HR department in the industry and risk control awards. And things like that. So people started asking me to tell them what we do and how we do it. Um, I had not had any training in HR. I was just doing what I thought you should do. Just kind of making it up as I went along, like many HR people do. And so I started my own business after that and just started helping small businesses do do it the way I was doing it. And uh, worked with a bunch of different small businesses, mostly related to the building industry, residential building. So cabinet shops, lumber shops, things like that. And I did that for about eight years as a lifestyle business. So I could be home with my kids while they were young, which nice. was great. And then joined uh, another company that had about 10 employees, was looking to really grow. That was a fully outsourced HR business where we were your HR manager, your broker, and your payroll administrator, sometimes on site in your office. But it was not a professional employer organization, not a PEO. And we grew that to about 60 something employees and then sold it to a big insurance company. And that's when I came to Thread to start a new HR consulting division for Thread. So I'm kind of doing that same (laughs) thing again, which is what I love to do. You're a glutton for punishment. That's for sure. Yes. So tell us about Thread then, because it's a, a nice blend of the tech and the consulting, which is kind of rare. It's all one direction or the other, but you guys have got that, that blend. So can you tell us what is Thread? What does it do? Who it helps? And certainly, that sort of thing. certainly. Yeah, Thread is we sell payroll software and HR consulting. And those two things work together beautifully because when our clients are on our software, which is called iSolved, like I solved a problem, um, we license that software. So we sell it, implement it, support it, and then it's end-to-end everything from applicant tracking, performance management, ACA, uh, onboarding, payroll time, you know, you name it, it has everything. So it's great when we're doing both because we don't have to call the client and say, 
can you run a turnover report and send me your latest info? I can just log <laughs> in and do it and they can keep doing what they do. And it works well because we have access to all of their information and we can see what's going on with employees. Well, actually you, you could take it the next step and you could log in and see the details and go, whoa, I've noticed this particular department's got a high turnover issue or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. We do that. Consulting work. We do that as well. We look at the dashboard and their demographics and their turnover and everything. That's very clever. Are there any particular industry industries that it focuses on or any employer sizes, that sort of thing? Yeah. Most of our clients are anywhere from 20 to a few hundred employees. We have larger clients that are a thousand employees, but most of our clients just end up being, I think because of the way we deliver our HR service. So on the HR side, our clients are in that range because we have a HR business partners partner like support model where we're we're supporting if it's a small business office manager if it's medical practice manager um sometimes the cfo or even the owner is doing hr and they usually hate it and they're like please please help me (laughs) so we're supporting them if they're larger it's an hr director hr manager even an hr team and what we're doing for them is saving them time doing some of the grunt work doing the things that they don't either want to do or don't know how to do so they can focus on what, what they feel is most important at the time. Yeah. That sounds about right. I know when I was had my HR business, uh, the website had various reasons to opt in and join the mailing list and stuff, but I always, I always ask them to self select who they were, were they an HR leader or an HR professional business right. owner office admin office manager type and then student and that way they then had different sets of messages and stuff exactly and to be honest the student one was just to get rid of the people looking for free stuff so right you know, <laughs> get rid of them <laughs> love it love it yeah, yeah it is a different um, if it's a different need for each role yeah oh absolutely and it's such a difficult uh, industry the hr tech sector there's a lot of competition how do you position yourselves to get in there yeah so we have a kind of national leading technology with, with more employees on it, uh, more companies than a lot of the big boys combined, believe it or not. But a lot of people haven't heard of the software. So the reason we exist as a service bureau, meaning we license the software, we did not create the software. So we license it, sell it and implement it is because of service, right? When, it, when a company gets thousands of employees, it's harder to focus on Specific clients sometimes and processes can get a little watery. So we we deliver that local service, the high touch, high customer experience. Our mission is to build high performance, high culture companies. And that's what we're about. So the thread, the symbolism of the thread is that we're connecting people in technology, right? There's a common thread that runs throughout there. And the uh, company's been around about 17 years. We just added the HR consulting two years ago and it's, it's going well so far. We just have a passion for small business. That's fantastic. How did you start it? So two years ago, you come on board, Scott, big job ahead of you. (laughs) What did you do in those first, I don't know, 90 days or first year? How did you approach things? Yeah. Great question. It's, I basically said, okay, what do we want to do? Who are your clients now? What kind of HR questions do they ask? What are their needs? Who are our contacts? What do their HR teams look like? Um, what are the issues we think might be important to them and how can we structure that in a way that's helpful to them, profitable to us, uh, but also scalable. 
So I, you know, the, I've had experience with a PEO model, have experience with building an HR team internally, experience with fully outsourced HR, and also experience with this type model. And I liked this one for small business because we, we basically said, what are we going to do? What are we going to charge? How long do we think it's going to take? And then we started putting that together and then we budgeted out financially. Um, how much money do we need to make to hire our first HR advisor? that kind of thing. So in the beginning, I was the salesperson, the marketing guy, the manager, the consultant, right? Doing it all. And then when we got enough business, we hired an HR advisor, then an HR specialist. So we have a team of an HR advisor and an HR specialist who are dedicated to 25 to 30 clients max. Whereas all of the competition around us, the other HR consulting companies, payroll companies, each consultant is going to have 50 plus sometimes a hundred clients and the service is not there. And it's frustrating for the consultant because I've interviewed all of them and they all say, please help me, you know? <laughs> so we set it up in a way where we can truly deliver high touch, high customer service. Uh, we're, we're meeting with them every month. You know, that's important to us. It's not just about money. We really want to have an impact with our clients and we're not afraid to tell them if it's not a fit. If I'm talking to a prospect, sometimes I can't believe it when I say, you know what, here's a better option. They go, I've never talked to a sales guy <laughs> who, who isn't trying to sell me. And I said, well, I, yeah. I want to do what works best for you. And one day yeah. well, that may be us, but right now, you know, there might be something yeah. better. So we really, we really want to do I the right that. thing. I recently interviewed, um, Johan episode 122 actually, and it's a completely different business, but they ally with recruitment firms, but yeah, that was a thing that I noticed it's very interesting that he'll, he'll say no to business sometimes if it's not the right fit. And he does that for a few reasons. One is also internal culture to protect the internal value system that they're really pushing hard for. So that's, it's great to see you're protecting that. So when you launched the consulting side of things and you looked at your existing software client base, what kind of HR issues rose to the fore? Because you could do everything, but 80-20 principle says you're going to do certain things more often. What kind of issues were you working on more often? Yeah, I mean, compliance is something that comes up right away, right? So we had a lot of, like we said, non-HR people in HR roles, and it was one of many hats they were wearing. So we said, okay, how can we best help the folks in those positions? And so we've just structured everything as simply as possible. We make a big effort to weed out the noise and tell them what's relevant to them and what's not. We are proactively sending them updates and timelines to say this, this matters to you and this has to be done in the next two months. So let's start talking about this now and these are the steps. So we guide them along the way as much as we can. We do some of the work for them and with them. And um, so compliance, that's one of the things. One of the other universal concerns of most small businesses is they say, oh, I wish we had better onboarding. We hire people and then nobody has time to train them. And so they just sit down and go to work. Sometimes they don't even have a laptop, right? So we address multiple things. We hit the compliance through all kinds of audits and questions with them, what matters to them, what size they are, what states they're in, all of those things. And then we get the perspective of the business owner, right? Some business owners are 
extremely entrepreneurial and not so risk averse. So as long as we understand that, we know how they operate and we'll just say, here's what you need to know. What do you want to do? And then we support them because it's their business. It's not mine. They're paying us to support them. That's what we do. I'm not here to argue with them. And I also considered, is this too long of an answer? No, this is gold. Okay. Okay. So I also considered what I've heard consulting with small businesses for so long you start to hear, and I'm sure you've heard these same things, right? I hear these things over and over and over again over the years. And business owners would say, if I bring HR internally, they're going to stir up drama unnecessarily. (laughs) Whenever I have an HR person, I have all this drama. So I hear that. Then I hear, they're always telling me what I can't do. They're always fighting me about what I want to do and telling me why I can't do it. I want people who tell me what I can do and how to do it. And you hear these things over time enough that you start to adjust your consulting style to say, I want to accommodate that. And we are very candid with our clients and expect them to be blunt with us as well. We start out by saying, you're never going to hurt our feelings. We're grownups. If there's something you don't like, you need to tell me straight out. Don't sugarcoat it. Just tell me what you want to say. Don't carry it around and worry about the relationship. My relationship is supporting you and delivering value and helping you get to where you want to be. So we're oriented that way. We love small business. We love the action. We, we like some of the risk. You know, we don't, we don't mind people who go, I want to live in the gray for a little while. Okay. You know, <laughs> let's do what we can to, to minimize your exposure as much as possible. But we also understand why you're doing what you're doing. And we have to make it as practical for example, I'm on a lot of HR peer distribution emails, right? CHRO emails, a bunch yeah, yeah, of CHROs, yeah. chief people officers, whatever. And sometimes we'll share ideas and ask questions. And you always know when the group is mostly made up of large organizations, when they say, well, our our in-house general counsel or our committee yeah. <laughs> or our team of so-and-so prepared this, which is great for me. Because I say, I'd love to see that. You know, I don't have in-house general counsel or a team or committees. It's just us. We get in a room, we talk about it, we make a decision and we move forward and it's done. It's done. So it's a very different world. Um, I just like operating in that world. That's it. That said, it's you're probably operating in a, not, a lot more nimble fashion. You know, you, you see a problem, you can fix it quite quickly, as opposed to the the large organization that has to form a committee and then a subcommittee, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. 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 I need to ask you guys produce so much uh, informational content for your clients, your customers. And some of that, for instance, involves webinars. And I see you do that. And I've even seen you, there was a, a reference to, we'll help you avoid pulling your hair out. And then you said that you'd already <laughs> gone through that on their behalf. So that was yeah, a nice that was, touch. That was Barb, our marketing director. <laughs> oh, that's harsh. Making harsh. fun of my bald, my bald head. But yeah, I'm in, yeah. I'm in the BBC club, the bald by choice club. <laughs> uh, I have a big fro of curly hair, but I'd just rather be bald. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Very aerodynamic. I like that. Um, so time is valuable. If you're going to host a webinar training session or record a video, whatever it may be, you don't want to waste time doing it on the wrong topics. How do you know what to talk about on those things? Yeah, I, I gauge some of it on the kind of questions we're getting from multiple clients, or if I see anxiety, concern from clients or confusion, 
then we try to say, let's pick one specific thing and clear this up for them. Let's answer all of the questions they might have, not in a consultant type way where we're saying, if you, then this depends, then that, then maybe you should consider. We, we try not to do that. We try to say, this is what you need to know. This is what you could do, like actionable, real steps you can take. It's so frustrating when you go to a webinar that says, how to manage FMLA, and then they never talk about how to actually manage FMLA. They just talk <laughs> around the topic. You know, it's a sales thing. Everything and, could go wrong. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we try to give answers in the webinars. Um, an example was during uh, when COVID first hit in the United States, we, our owner, Lori Winters, is the CEO and the owner of our company. She's a phenomenal person to work with. Hopefully she'll be on your podcast soon. Yeah, definitely. And we got together as a team and said, we're not selling anything right now. Stop selling. Told all our salespeople, call all of our clients, call all of your prospects, ask them how we can help. What can we do for you? How can we help you get through this? And it was a good six months or more where that's all we did is do free town halls, free webinars, free consulting. My calendar link was sent to all of our clients, all our prospects, anybody our sales team talked to to say, schedule free consulting with Scott. And I would just spend days on the phone answering HR questions, doing free consulting, which was pretty fulfilling mm. for all of us. You don't make money doing that. <laughs> it's, a big, it's a big call to make. Yeah. Yeah. But we said, uh, you know what? It just didn't feel right trying to sell people payroll and HR while they were just trying to stay open. Yeah. And how was that received? Very well, very well. I've made a lot of good contacts and new relationships. And sometimes what's funny is people will call me and we start talking and I'll have to go in the middle. Are you a client of ours? <laughs> like, you know, and they'll say no. And I go, oh, okay. We've been talking this whole time for free. And they'll laugh and go, no, you're making me feel bad. And I said, no, I'm just, I'm just trying to remember. We have so many clients now. I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't remember if I should be billing you or not. So that's okay. Yeah. Do you have a partner with other, whether it be other HR consulting firms or other companies in the HR industry, whether that's service providers alongside, you know, non-competing or to co-produce marketing, that kind of stuff. Do you ever do any of that sort of stuff? I've done uh, podcasts and webinars and things like that. Yeah. With, with, for example, uh, executive coaches, uh, right. Who don't do exactly what we do, but we yeah. cross over a little bit. Uh, sometimes other HR consultants who like to specialize in a certain area and maybe we do yeah. things they don't, they do things we yeah. don't. Uh, a lot of employment law lawyers. That was my oh, Southern yeah. accent right there. Did you hear that? Lawyers. <laughs> Nearly got it. Lawyers. lawyers. <laughs> so law firms, a lot of times, especially the smaller ones, um, like to do the marketing and the webinars. We'll do Q and A's which is yeah. always fun where we'll just have a live meeting set up and people can ask any question they want and we'll both jump in. So that's always exciting too. I'd say that'd be a bit of fun because you've probably seen a few crazy things in your time. Yes. I, ha I have a lot of stories. Some of them aren't even appropriate <laughs> to tell. Yeah. <laughs> this is a, a family friendly show. That's right. Yeah. Oh, very good. Very good. If people want to learn more about the business, either referring clients or potentially partner in some way, what should they do next? Basically go to threadhcm.com. And if you go there, click on the resources tab. There's a bunch of free webinars, free content, free information. We don't charge for our webinars. We have one coming up 
October 20th on leaves of absence that mm -hmm. I'm, I'm co-presenting with an employment attorney. And we're going to talk about just break that down and, and really answer mm -hmm. the most common questions that people have about that. Yeah. And I, I see a lot of questions more, more and more these days on the question of uh, unlimited leave. I think that's going to get bigger and bigger over time. But yeah. that leads me to my final question. Well, can, is, I, can um, I interrupt you real quick? Go for it. And tell you you're, if you're interested in unlimited <clears throat> leave is we at Thread had what we called unlimited PTO. Mm -hmm. And we have recently changed the name to flexible PTO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because it, you know, it's not really unlimited. No one really disappear it, for a month and go, Hey, this is great, man. <laughs> so we, we put a few boundaries around it. For example, we said you need to take one five day vacation a year, at least, mm -hmm. because when you have unlimited vacation and PTO, what, what we have found yeah. is you have a couple of people who take advantage of that. And the other folks take less because you really start thinking about it. Whereas if you say I have 10 days to use or 15 days yeah. to use, you tend to use those days. It's a bank account. Yeah. Yeah. If you have unlimited, it, it's, you know, I looked back one year and said, I think I took two days the whole year. We have unlimited PTO. I was like, man, I'm not, I'm not taking advantage of this. So we change it to flexible and we basically say, don't leave your team hanging, plan ahead. There are certain times a year where nobody can take PTO because it's busy season, right? For us, yeah, if you're a payroll company, you have yeah. end of the year, beginning of the year, taxes and renewals and those kind of things. Got it. But yeah, that is, it is an interesting experience. Yeah. Final question then is what do you see coming down the road for the world of work and future of HR? The biggest things that we're telling our clients right now is what we hear from candidates. The number one challenge is finding people here. It's everybody has openings they can't fill. Staffing companies, recruiting companies are even struggling to find good candidates to fill these slots. So it's a big, big problem right now. Uh, the number one question everybody asks is, can I be remote? So if you have a job where people cannot work remote, you better get busy finding other reasons why they should join your company. <laughs> we talked to them about that. We talked to them about having the second question we're getting is, is there a growth plan? In other words, what I'm going to you're hiring me from X, but how do I get to the next level? How long will it take? What do I need to know, learn? So we're helping our clients put together growth plans for every position that they can easily show people. Here's where you start, but here's how you get to the next level. You have to know this, be able to do this, prove that, achieve this, whatever it is. And, and candidates love that. And then one of the other things is saying, stop, stop making a copy of your job description and using that as your job posting. If I'm applying for a job as an HR manager, I already know what the duties are. Tell me about your company. Tell me what you stand for. Tell me your history. What do you represent? What's important to you? What, how do you operate? You know, that's what I want to know. That's what people are looking for. It's more than just what do I do mm, every day. A sense of meaning. Mm. Yeah. So how you attract people and then how you onboard them is, is vitally important right now. I actually just think that's such a, a great opportunity for companies that do it right. Yes. Because if you can do it right, you've got a competitive advantage. Yes. I, I, for, I feel like one of the questions I ask candidates when I'm interviewing them is I say, what do most companies get wrong? <laughs> right. They've had several jobs. So they have their yeah. opinion about what companies do well and what they don't. And then, you know, my answer to that question would be the onboarding. 
every client I've ever had said, I want it to be better. And I'll say, okay, let's work on that. All right, let's do that next month. Let's do that the next month. People are afraid of it. Literally, I think they're afraid of dealing with it because they know it takes a lot of time and effort to do it well. And I'm constantly telling people, if you do this one thing, you will stand out from a competition. And it's not hard. It is not hard to do. Just do it. One place I went to, I arrived, nice, I don't know, box of goodies there, a schedule to go and meet all these people, including the CEO, all kinds of people. And a, a different business when I first walked in and I saw a lady stuck in the hallway and I went out, are you okay? Oh yeah, sorry. It's my first day. I went to the toilet. I'm locked out because I don't have a key. No one showed me where, the, you know, it's just going, you know, the chalk and cheese. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. no, you're right. Onboarding is such a huge impact and it, it determines the longevity of retention to yeah. impact it in a big way. It's like as an employee, imagine if you show up as a new employee on day one and you feel like you are plugged into a plan that mm. the company has been excited for you to arrive. They're just waiting for you to walk in the door to get started. They have everything set up for you. Your logins are already there. You don't figure those out for two days. They're already there and working because they've been tested. You can sit down. You're going to meet everybody on the team. You're going to learn about the culture and the values and the mission and where the bathroom and the coffee is. And in our case, the beer, the beer keg. We got a few beers on tap, people like that. Yeah. Um, and, and people don't take advantage of that, by the way. Everybody worries <laughs> about having beer in the office. Isn't that dangerous? I said, I, yeah. I've been here two years. It's never been an issue. Yeah. We like to sit down and have a beer at the end of the day. For me, sometimes at lunch, whatever. It's here. <laughs> You know, yeah. I, I think my first week I poured a beer and walked back to that. We have an open office. So I went and sat at a table and somebody said, can we do that? And I was like, I don't I know. Did. I'm the new guy. I said, it's, <laughs> there's a keg in the office. What's that's what it's for. So I'm having a beer. Um, mm. It's never been a problem, but yeah, back to what I was talking about. It's really important to have people feel like they're valued and they're plugged in and there's a plan for them that you are looking out for their future. That makes all the difference. Then they go home to their family, their partner, spouse, and say, man, this is going to be great. Versus like what you were describing with a person sat in the hallway and said, you know, I'm out here for an hour. They don't even know I'm missing. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? They don't. And, yeah. and many employees have the story of showing up their first day of work and people didn't even know they were coming. <laughs> so it's, it's very easy to do it better than you're doing it now. Yeah. I think if you can get that stuff right, then other things will flow on and you probably provide better customer service, maybe better products, better services. I think all of that professionalism flows through your whole business. So yeah, I agree. Scott, I've had a great time chatting with you. Thank you very much for sharing your story and your advice. I know people love it. So all the best to you and for Thread. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. Have fun. Thanks for joining us today on A Better HR Business, the podcast that explores the world of HR consulting and HR tech businesses. For show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Remember to subscribe and share the show with any friends who are busy growing a HR business. Thanks and see you next time.